0: Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, Church? What is up, Church? It has been a minute, and by minute, I mean a week, and so here is the latest episode four. We are continuing on our smooth stone journey. If you remember from episode three, I talked about the first smooth stone I ever got. Um, That one I did because it was the first one I ever got. This one I'm doing because it's just an awesome one. Um, it wasn't the second in order of smooth stones. I don't think that makes a big deal. It's just the one that's on my heart a lot lately that I want to talk about. And that is Proverbs 3 5 through 6. And I quote, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Yeah, that one. Um, I'm super confident that all of you know that scripture you're familiar with it you've read it you've had it quoted to you like oh trust the lord all your heart oh and by the way just like obviously my voice is a little bit on the uh jazzy raspy side um i've been suffering with some sinus stuff and it's just the way it goes but the show must go on (laughs) (laughs) like you you guys care um anyway so Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Like that statement alone is just like, what? Um, I I love when we're put in a situation where we have to look beyond our own understanding. We have to look beyond it because that's where faith is. Like that's where faith lives is on the other side of things, on the other side of what I can do, on the other side of my capabilities, on the other side of my know-how, experience, my comfort level, on the other side of that is faith, you know? And obedience is always aligned with faith. Like I I love it, like I love obedience, just because, I again, someone would call it relationship. Um, My brother would say intimacy, and I think that's a very good way to say it, but, I say proximity, but again, all those things, like how close you are to him, like like you can't trust in someone you don't know, right? Like trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, how could you trust in the Lord if you don't know who the Lord is? If you have no bearing on, is he good, is he bad? If you don't know the character of someone, how can you trust them, right? And lean not on your own understanding, which is like, oh man, that's like, that's so, for me, I it's so hard for me. I'm very analytical. So I process things through my mind, like, here's this option A, and this doesn't happen this way. It'll go this way, and then I can go this. And, you know, I try to construct a best path forward, always on what I'm doing, but that's always on my own understanding. You know, um, and phew. and then the second half of that, and all your ways, acknowledge him. And the word acknowledge there, in the Greek, it's not acknowledge like, like hey, you know, you see him from across the room, but to know. <clears throat> like like to, to in all your ways acknowledge him like know him um, and all the things you're doing know him and he'll direct your path. and direct your path there is not the same way either it's actually two ideas it is he will either correct your path meaning he will straighten you out like or he will approve your path meaning he will give like he will agree with where you're at um and I love that idea. Like, if, you, if you're not going how you need to be going, he'll like scoot you back in line. You know what I mean? If you start getting off the path, he'll godly guide you back onto the path again, you know, a correction, whatever that looks like for you, you know? Um, but if you're on path, he's gonna keep motivating you to stay on the path, which is awesome. Like, that, to me, to hear that, like, he will direct your pass. So I kind of love that. He's like a bumper, bumpers for bowling. You know what I mean? Like, the, the gutter bumpers, whatever that's called. I just love the fact that if you're you're on it. You're good, and you're going to keep being motivated. But if you're off of it, he said, just nudge you. Hey, keep keep acknowledging me, keep knowing me, and I'm going to make sure you're going in the right direction. Like, what a beautiful thing to say. It is it is so difficult though. Like, so I, I the reason I want this scripture and this smooth stone to be talked about now because the the moment I read this. I think about faith, like that's the only thing I think about. This is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. That only happens by faith. And so, when I ever when I want to think about faith, I read um, uh, what is it? Uh, Hebrews eleven. Hebrews. I don't know why that took me so long to think about that, but I love Hebrews eleven where it talks about like the the the, the hall of faith. Like when they're going through like Abraham and his righteousness, Sarah and her righteousness, all these things, righteousness was designed by faith and and God credits them because of their faith. But the part that is so brutal is when they talk about how all the people that were given promises by God who didn't see it in in their lifetime. Like Abraham never saw the promised land that he was given. He never saw his descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky or the sand in the sea. He never saw that. He was given that promise God told him, You will blah, 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 insert amazing statement and promise. But he never saw it. You know, like Moses never got into the promised land. He kind of got to see it, but he never got to go into it. Um, Isaac, Jacob, like, like insert, like all these amazing promises of these people of faith that were given, and they never realized it. And it's like, well, should they have had faith? You know, like the immediate question is like, well, like, like, well, if God makes these promises, but he made these promises to all these people and they didn't get it, like, what was the faith for? And it's like, well, you're missing the point. Like they believed in God despite of them not seeing the fulfillment of their promises. doesn't mean their promises weren't going to be fulfilled. It just didn't mean in their timeline or according to their own understanding. And that's why I love that. And lean not on your own understanding. Like it's not pertinent. And so as I'm reading Hebrews and they're talking about the people who have sacrificed, the martyrs, this is when my whole entire day changes because it talked about, immediately about, like, you know, some have died and then some are sawn in half. And that was Isaac, like, or not Isaac, Isaiah. Isaiah reportedly is, was sawn, sewn sawn, sawed how was that word? How do you say that? Sawn, sewn sawed, cut in half, I mean, with a saw. Oh my gosh. Uh, let's not make it too difficult here, Daniel. Um, he was cut in half with a saw, like, like. One of the greatest prophets the Bible has ever known ended being sawn in half. Like, oh my gosh, brutal. Like, so brutal. Um, but it didn't matter. Like, like, it didn't matter that they were getting martyred. And so when I say this, I immediately, then my mind, how it jumps, so you know how my brain thinks, I immediately jump to Daniel 3.18. Okay? Um, and this is like the most amazing, like, I love this with all my heart like but if not so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who you know obviously Daniel's bros um got came up with Daniel um all eunuchs by the way like no one talks about the fact that Daniel and all those those three dudes they were all eunuchs like that was the tradition at the time like they got adopted in brought in but they definitely got the old snippety doodahs you know what I'm saying like that's what happened like we don't I don't for some reason we never talk about that and I don't know why it's a big deal but like I think about Daniel's life and his entire existence in Shadow of Meshach and Mendigo, the little bit we know, and, like, they never deal with lady drama. And I'm like, like, you know, weird blessing in disguise, I guess, maybe. I don't know. But, like, they were eunuchs. So, like, you know, that's how you stay in the king's court and around all the area because you're not a threat. Anyway, weird. I don't know why that was... I landed the plane on that. (laughs) But that always interests me. Anyway, so... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is when Daniel three eighteen. Like, oh my gosh! Like, this is the most powerful statement of faith I think personally in the Bible is Daniel three eighteen, and we'll get there in a second. So, Nebuchadnezzar builds the gold statue and says, "Everybody, I just need you guys to worship me because I'm the dopest. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. Um, I'm gonna build the statue, and when I start playing some music." You guys, uh, the the cymbals and all the music, you guys need to bow down and worship. You know what I mean? Grab some dirt and worship me. And that goes on. And then, you know, the court, who are all shady McShadersons and, and just jealous of Daniel and his crew <coughs> are like, hey, you know who's not doing the thing that, that worshiping you and making sure that you're the best is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we don't even hear about Daniel during this time, which I think is so cool because... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get the spotlight for this moment, and I I think it's very important because Daniel has such an amazing story. But like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get like, dude, like the best cameo appearance ever. Um, So they come in, and Nebuchadnezzar brings them in, and he's all angry and upset. Like, hey, I've been told you're not worshiping, and I'm gonna, you know, get the play the music, and when that happens, go ahead and grab some carpet and worship in front of me. If not, I'm going to send you straight into the fire, pit. I'm going to burn you alive. And there's no no God that can save you from my will. You know what I mean? Like More or less. That's not verbatim, so I'm sorry, but that's the gist. And they're like, Shadrach, I don't know who said it exactly. I think it was Shadrach. Um, I want to say Shadrach because it sounds better. Is like, don't even worry about it, king. You can stop playing the music. You don't even have to play the music. We are not gonna worship you or your gods. Um, and our God is the God who will save us. And here's the part. But if not, we will still not worship. Like, like Even if he doesn't save us, but if not, we will still not worship your gods or anyone, or worship you. Like, mic drop. Like, the biggest mic drop in the Bible, possibly. Not, the, I don't know, that wasn't Jesus, I would say. Is them saying, looking death square in the face and saying, actually, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not going to worship you. We're not going to worship you. We're not going to worship your God. We're not going to worship anything about that. So don't even waste your time playing the music. And we know our God will save us. We're not even worried about it because we know our God will save us. But even if he doesn't, it doesn't change who he is. It doesn't change who God is. And it doesn't change that he's the only one that we're going to worship and we will never worship you or your gods or anything about you. Bring on the fire. Like what? Like you want to talk about trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The only thing they knew in that moment was that they loved God. They weren't about to worship anybody but God. And death was the immediate response because of that. That's all they knew. That, that's, that's it. Because that was guaranteed going to happen. Like, like guaranteed. And they're like, but if not. And that's the part that I love. Like, that, those three words. But if not. Crazy segue, right? Crazy segue. The Battle of Dunkirk. Well, uh, the, the leader over there, um, whatever, up in Europe, some jazz like that. I don't know why. I don't know all the details. But you know Dunkirk. Battle of Dunkirk. He, the leader, the commander of those forces out there was only able to get those three words out in regards for getting help. Like his comms went down and he only got out the words, but if not. Like this is a kind of a little known fact about Dunkirk. Um, And back then, you know, unlike today, people knew their Old Testament. And so, but if not, everyone recognized as Daniel 318, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but if not, which basically meant, hey, I'm in like a world of trouble and it's going to have a brutal end if I don't get some help. You know what I mean? And that's what that meant. And that's how the whole battle of Dunkirk evolved. And they got help was based on those three words. Oh, so powerful. But now let's think about it in real time. Like, like I, th- I, I think about this moment and I read it and I, I make a modern day, like, again, because my brain's not very classy. Um, I think about modern day vernacular of, like, you know, Nebuchadnezzar's like, oh, King Neb, what up, bro? Um, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Um, guys, uh, heard through the grapevine, heard through, through the social media channels that you're not worshiping. Um, when well, my DJ spends a record. <laughs> Of course he would have a DJ. Why wouldn't he? Um you know that's the time my head brainwashed. <clears throat> I'm gonna have my record, my DJ drop this beat. When he does, I wanna see you bust a move. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, that would be so hilarious. But that's what that's that's but that's what happened. And Shadrach's like, oh don't even worry about it. Don't even tell your, your DJ to press play. Uh we can solve this question right now. The answer is no, we will not. Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, you know, that the ending of the story, like, they go into the fire. Um, Nebuchadnezzar's guards that threw them in died because it was so hot that, like, they lit the furnace seven times the fire, which is, like, crazy. And they're just in there chilling with Jesus. Well, we don't know. We're alluded to the fact that Nebuchadnezzar looks in, and he's like, I thought we threw three in, but I see four, and one looks like the Son of God um, mm-hmm. or an angel. You know what I mean? So it's an angel or, or, or Jesus. We don't know that. But... The last thing we hear about them is they're brought out and Nebuchadnezzar apologizes, says, I'm so sorry and everything else. But the last thing we hear is that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego prospered in Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. Like they, that's all we hear about, like that's it. That's their entire story. Like that's all we know is that they were select with Daniel. They were the top, the cats and meow when they were picked up. And then we don't hear about them again until this moment. And they're all by themselves. In the book of Daniel, this is all time we time to hear about these three dudes. And then they make the most, un- like, imagine that, like that statement, but if not, because what it really is saying is that my current situation does not determine his worth as God, you know, like he is God, no matter what's going on in my world right now, that hasn't changed. And so I read this and I instantly go to the book of Job. Like, so the book of Job is my favorite book in the Bible. Um, I love it. I love the book of Job for so many reasons that we won't get into now because like I could just talk for days about Job. But I love the book of Job. And I think the main point thesis statement is in Job, God is God and we are not. Like when Job thought he was being persecuted by God, it was the exact opposite. God was saving his life from Satan wanting to kill him. Like through his exact trials, like Job is like, why is God doing this to me? And it's like, no, 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 God's saving you. His hand is on you. He's preventing you from death because he sees the whole story and we don't. And that is our big issue. We only see the immediate, like we only see what, what's right in front of us. And so our perception of a good God or a bad God is so subjective to how we're feeling that day sometimes. Like, I, and, and again, a lot of this is, you know, me like, like, oh man, things are going well. God, you're great. Things are going not so well. God, what's up? Like, come on, man. Do your thing. Come on. Let's boom, boom, boom. And I think a lot of us, and again, this is me, have very subjective, at times, have had very subjective faith on our belief in what God is, who he is, what he is, what he says he is, the promises he's made because of our current situation. Like, so, some of you know, I blew out my L4, L5 disc, brutally blew it out. Um, when I was 30, I mean, like, like just destroyed it, <clears throat> had two back-to-back surgeries, very invasive surgeries that did, that did not. Um, the second one kind of lasted a little bit, like a m- m- moderate the pain, but I blew it out shortly thereafter. So more or less the better part of nine years, I was in excruciating pain all the time. It hurt to walk. Um, some days I couldn't walk. It was, it was so bad. Um, and that was my, my, my situation. And, and that led to a lot of, of substances to, to make the day manageable and then, you know, and whatever. But on my birthday, September 7th, my wife, well, girlfriend then, but wife now, took me up to Bethel um, to, for my birthday. It's like, hey, let's go to Bethel, Bethel Church up in Redding, California. And we went into the healing rooms and they have healing rooms there. Um, and we're there. And we're just getting prayed on, like, just the Holy Spirit there is so thick. It was so awesome. <clears throat> and I'm just getting rocked by the Holy Spirit. And they're like, hey, what do you want prayer for? And I can honestly say after nine years of living in that existence of just pain, my, my, my reality was pain. Like, every day hurt to wake up physically. You know, not emotionally necessarily, but physically I was always in pain. So every day was brutal. Um... And so when they asked me, what did you want healing from? I didn't even think about my back. Like it was, it'd be the, the equivalent of me saying, I wanna pray for a new hair color. It was just who I was. My identity was in my, 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 my agony, my pain, my broken back. Hi, my name's Daniel, I have a broken back. You know That was like literally how I identified myself. And so my wife thankfully was like, you should get your back prayed for I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I, I mean, I guess, sure. Let's, let's go, let's shoot the moon here and go for the one thing that's been brutal in my life for nine years. Like, yeah, let's do that. Well, guess what? They laid hands on my back. They prayed and my back was instantly not, they prayed once and they're like, how's your back feel? I'm like, "Uh, you know, like, what can you not do? I'm like, I can't put my hands on the ground. Like I can't bend over and put my hands past my knees. they're like, "Uh, well, can you do it now? And I literally touched the ground and I was like, what? Like what? Like I haven't done that in a decade. And they're like, how's it feel? Like one to 10. I'm like an eight. That's unbelievable. It hasn't been above a a four my entire last decade. And like, that's not good enough. We're praying again. I'm like, all right. They prayed again. And I got up and I put both my hands, flat palm on the ground. And that was the first time I had done that in nine years. And since that moment, I haven't had one ounce of back pain. And to the medical point, I went and got MRI or x-rays down my back. My L4, L5 disc, which was before was an like, I have videos or images of medical images. It was like an empty balloon. Like there was nothing between my discs. Like it was bone on bone almost. It was a deflated disc. That is now the healthiest disc in my back. Like, like what? Praise God. What a miracle. Like, like, oh my gosh, it's the healthiest disc. All my other discs around it are way more deteriorated than that disc. This disc is like brand new, brand new. Like, oh my gosh, like God, you're so good. However, the reason I'm saying that is because I spent nine years in agony, like nine years, and God could have healed me at any moment in that nine years. You know what I mean? Like, like at any moment. And I had prayed about it before. I'm like, oh my God, please help. Like, you know, like, like, like at any moment in that nine years, He could have healed me. And the question is, why isn't? Why didn't He? You know? And I, I. This is where I really relate to Job. Like, who's to say that He wasn't keeping me from not being paralyzed? Because The doctor, when he looked at my injury the first time, thought I should have because my disc was so my, 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 um, I had a congenial spinal disorder with my discs. So it was so constricted. It should have, I shouldn't be able to walk, which is crazy. Um, but what I really thought about and I really realized is that had he healed me between the moment it happened until that birthday, he would have never got the glory he would never have gotten the proper glory for it which would have been oh like you know not a wasted miracle but pretty much like my walk wasn't in a place to give him his due credit his due worship his due praise and so 9 years is a long like, like I said, it wasn't easy but now i look at it as like um like it it like it was so amazing to have gotten through that and now i have complete health in my back complete health of my body, and he gets all the credit. Like, he gets all the glory. And, and I, I, I love that. And so for me, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Like, I don't understand what happened to my back, or why it, it didn't get healed right away, but I, I, here I'm at now. And during that process, I just had to still trust in God, believe in God, have faith in God, regardless of my situation. Regardless of where I'm at in life, it doesn't change who he is. But if not, like that's where that phrase, but if not, I love those three words, but if not. But if it's not what I want it, if, but if it's not the way I planned it, but if it's not gonna be painless, it, you know, it doesn't change who he is. The clay doesn't get to tell the potter what they are, it's the potter who gets that. Like he is God, we are not. And I love that. Like I love that because he's an amazing father. Like, he's the world's greatest father. And I get to to acknowledge him, to know him, to be a part of that. And he guides my path. And I love that. Like, I love the idea of him just... How to kick me back into line? <laughs> like, you know, his hands are on both sides of me, kind of like just like, you know, like kind of lightly baby tapping me back into alignment, you know, as, as I'm walking along my path, sometimes a little bit harder than other times if I need it. But that's what I, I think about that in that moment of like, man, like trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding because we don't understand it. We don't see the big picture. We don't see the end from the beginning. We don't know any of that. You know, like it's so easy for us to get lost in our current situation and then, like, be like, God, well, I thought you were this God and not know that. No, no, no. Like, he's so loving. He's so good. Like, you know, like, again, that's why I referenced Job. Like, you think you're being persecuted by God and you're not. You're being saved by God from what really is supposed to be happening, you know? And then the redemption story of Job, of how he gets everything back and all that. I mean, oh, I love it. And I, I identify with that. Like, I had a great, (laughs) I had spent nine years in the desert, quote unquote, definitely wasn't 40. But I know people now that have injuries that are, that are brutal. And I believe God wants to heal us all. I believe God can. Uh, And it's completely up to him if he does. And so it not having happened yet doesn't mean he's not God still. You know, like if you're struggling with something and you're waiting for healing for it, it doesn't mean he's not God yet because it hasn't happened yet. You know, none of that changes. Our perspective doesn't change who he is. He is still God. That's why I I just, so trust the Lord with all your heart, like knowing that, like trusting in him, like God, regardless of my current situation, I'm going to worship you. The first thing that happened, the first thing Job did when all the news came in, his family, his livestock, all that got killed. The first thing he did was worship and praise God. The first thing he did, oh my gosh, like, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I was, I was joking with my friend Adam, uh, my cousin Adam, who's, who I love, who introduced me to my wife, he and his wife introduced me, um, we were joking about this, we both like movies, and I was talking about this whole Shadrach, Meshach, and I'm like, you want to talk about, like in movie terms, the Academy Award winners for Best Supporting Actors go to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like they literally are the characters that walk into a movie, drop three lines, walk out, and it just changes everything. Um, the but if like 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 the but if not statement, the but like Daniel three eighteen. But if not, we will still not serve you or worship your gods. Like there's nothing you can do to me to change my love for God. There's nothing you can threaten me with that's worth than that's worse than not worshiping Him. There's nothing, nothing. Like bro, you can't threaten me. You got nothing because I got Him. I've got God, and that's better than everything. So, light the fires, bro. Turn them on. Let's go. I'm getting chilly in here. It's a draft. <laughs> I just, I know they weren't, but I, I feel like Shadrach, Meshach, and we were just so defiant in that moment. Like, I want them to be, like, the way they even said, like, never don't don't play any music. We're good. We'll answer you now. Like, like, but if not, like, oh my gosh, what baller statements. Like, that's the most amazing. I love it. I, I love thinking about it and, like, in faith of, like, where we're walking out in our lives and the things that the promises I've been given the Lord has spoken over us like the things that are coming that haven't happened yet and it's so easy to get impatient and lose faith and lose hope but it's like no I don't care if we never see that just like Abraham never saw the promised land he never saw the things that he was promised but he's the father of the faith you know he's the he's the father of the Jewish 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 faith and like the father you can say it of our faith um, because that's where we get Christianity from Um, Christ so like we we are so again I look at myself I'm like I have to constantly remind myself like like he is good regardless my situation is irrelevant to how good he is and in every moment I don't know what's going on I don't know why I'm in the situations I'm in sometimes I do because I make mistakes but like the joys the sadnesses all of it regardless I need to be worshipping him at all times just worship him keep my eyes fixed on him Right In all your ways acknowledge Him, in all your ways know Him, like that's the most powerful thing that we can do. So I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's a smooth stone because it means so much and it has so many layers attached to it that I love that I want to get to the spot where I, I trust in the Lord with all my heart, with all my finances, with all my resources, with my home, with my wife, with my life. There is not one part of my heart that is, that is with, like, withdrawn from Him or closed off to Him. I get to trust him with all my heart and lean not on my understanding because I'm not that smart. <laughs> I'm not that smart at all. But like, I want to acknowledge him. And I love that he's directing my path. Because again, I use it as an example, but when I was directing my own path, it was atrocious. You know what I mean? I was my own worst enemy. I was the worst version of myself when I did it myself. But since I've given it to him and I've, I've, I've just resigned all control to him, He's the best. He's just—he's so good. But if not, but if not, he's still so good. Oh my gosh! Even if I was still struggling with, struggling with stuff, even if I my back wasn't healed, none of that changes who he is. You know, none of it. We're here for a moment. We get an eternity with him. Like, oh, I can't wait! I can't wait to spend eternity with him. Just learning more and more each day. Like, oh my! I'm so excited. So, I could go on about that forever. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That is my smooth stone number two. I'm happy to share it with you. I hope it means something to you guys. Uh, And that is pretty much it. Bye! You have been listening to Up Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't.